This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I am doing great, Mark. How are you? Very good. Very good. In our 14th year on the radio, going into 23, we're very excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on WPHT Talk Radio 1210. You want to ask us a question, give us a call about mortgages, residential, commercial, real estate. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. We've been here all these years just to keep you informed since we are the number one real estate show in Philadelphia because we are the only show in Philadelphia. So anyway, what's coming up today, Deanne? So Mark, coming up on today's show, we have the market report. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Continuing series. I got a couple calls from the audience about his series. Awesome. We also have your funny story. Got one for you. And we also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Can you use the equity in your current home to buy another one? Hmm, Good question. (laughs) Speaking of question, the questions that we have today, Mark, the first one is I'm trying to sell my house. My agent listed it as an as as is sale. Do I have to replace the roof first? And we did list it below market value. Second question is, first-time buyer of a condo with a peekaboo ocean view. I know what that means. And <laughs> you I, can barely I, see the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. The appraisal came in 10 under asking price. Do I fork out the extra 5 or 10? Help me. The next one uh-huh. is, I have, an excel- I have excellent credit, but I was denied when I tried to pre-qualify for a mortgage loan before uh, because my debt-to-income ratio was very high. Should I try again? It's a good one. Next question is, if a buyer gives a seller a copy of their home inspection report, is the seller able to disclose the report to other later buyers if the original sale doesn't go through? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Mark, our topic of the day is, do all residential sellers have to fill out a seller disclosure? Yeah, this one, there's a lot of myths out there about this one. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is... 
First, forget inspiration. Habit is more dependable. Habit will sustain you whether you're inspired or not. Habit will help you finish and polish your stories. Inspiration won't. Habit is persistence in practice. Wow, that was a deep one. So, you know, and I I was talking to some realtors today about struggling in this changing market, and it's because they don't stay in a habit. They don't lead, generate daily. They, you know, they don't do. They just hope. Well, they didn't have to lead, generate. (laughs) That and a dollar will get you a pretzel. Well, not anymore. It's $3, (laughs) but that's because if you don't, they were order takers prior to. Plus, if it's not in your calendar, it's not going to happen. Correct. Right. So where are we at? So, Mark, we're up to the market report. And there is the bell. So the National Association of Realtors reported today two trends in existing home sales that we have seen for many months now. Sales are declining, while total inventory data has fallen directly for three straight months. On a positive note, however, the days on the market are no longer single digits, so we're starting to stay on the market. This is national. This is not maybe pertaining okay. to certain areas of our city. But okay. the metric grew from 18 days to 21 days, which is still not a long time. Uh, and, you know, and they talked about back in February this year, it was the same premise, the housing reset talking points and the Federal Reserve raising the rates to bring down inflation. And it's really not working. In fact, inflation is going to go up again because of some of the spending they just did. So the total inventory data started all-time lows in the beginning of 22, creating more bidding war action in January and February, peaking in March. We needed to end this madness before we had prices escalating over 20% for another year. And prices are still appreciating. We're still going up. Like, I got a listing coming up next week, and in that neighborhood, prices are going up. They're not going down. And there's a lot of miss out there, and there's no bubble coming. Like, I see the doom and gloomers already on Facebook, and I watch some of the business channels. There is no housing bubble coming. We're not going into anything like 08. In fact, I think 23 is going to be a pretty good year. I think it's going to be a good year as well. So, you know, depending, however, the demand for the inventory is the big thing. And and in 24, you might see a better demand bump up in the demographics, could potentially put us in with some better inventory. I think we're going to see a little bit more inventory come on because the, the sellers are finally waking up a little bit that it's a great, it's the best time ever to sell. To sell. It is. And first-time home buyers were responsible for 28% of the sales in October. All cash sales accounted only for 26%. And you keep hearing on the news and these experts, everybody's buying cash. No, they're not. Individual investors purchased 16%. Distressed sales represented 1%. So remember about eight months ago when they were talking about everybody's going to get kicked out of your apartments? Right. <laughs> and and it was going to be all these foreclosures. None of that happened. None, None of that, that happened, happened at all. You know- and they never come back on and said, sorry about that. Sorry we uh, gave you that <laughs> we uh, bad info. Yeah, I, I had an know- argument with the IRS a couple weeks ago, and they made a mistake. <laughs> they made a mistake, and they were going to, like, all this threatening letters and stuff, and I went on the phone with them with my account, and and they said, "Oh, oh, we made a mistake. No apology, nothing." Right. You know. Right. <laughs> but you know what I wanted to tell you from was, the government, right? God they're here forbid. to help. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, can I say something? Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, last week, like right before Thanksgiving, that Tuesday, Wednesday, 
we got contracts in, which is amazing and great. And I'm very grateful, but they had seller concession and they were FHA. So that's something new. It's something new and it's finally back. And I think the sellers are starting to realize that they really need to, to help the buyers if they want to sell the house. Yeah. And your thing, I've been using it all the time. You date the rate and you marry the house. So right. six or seven years, because some I was talking to somebody today and they were thinking about buying, but the rates are like six or seven. I said, yeah. And you date and? the rate and you marry the house. And four or five years from now, I guarantee you the rates will be down. You can refi. Plus, you're going to appreciate and be building equity every year. So end this report up. So they saw a declining listings because there was this lack of inventory. But when you look back at the market, you know, what's been happening, the market really hasn't been that bad. And you can find a house. Somebody's moving no matter what in Philly Metro. There's 6.7 million people live in Philly Metro. Somebody's buying and somebody's Somebody's selling. So, and one thing though, the median existing home price nationwide housing types in October was 379,100. That was a gain of 6.6% from October. We're now up uh, as prices rose in all regions. So prices are still going up. But tell us about the rates. You know what's not going up is the rates right now. Which is good. So your third, it's just great. Your 30-year fix (laughs) on a conventional loan is 6.625%. Your 15-year is at 6%. Your 5-1 arm is at about 6%. And your 30-year FHA right now is at about 6.5% along with your 30-year VA loan. So, you know, they're down from last week. And my projection is I'm going to say mid-2023, we're going to be around yeah. 5%. Um, I would just wish he'd turn the spigot on and the oil started flowing because a lot of problems would be solved. I know. But he don't want to turn the I spigot know. on. I wish I knew where it was. I turned it on myself. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Welcome back to Good News from Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive, all the times. Where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. I got one for you. So, this realtor goes into his son's bedroom to wish him a good night when he got home late, and his son's having a nightmare. The man wakes him up, asks his son if he's okay. The son replies, he's scared because he dreamt that Aunt Susie had died. And the father assures him, he goes, nah, Aunt Susie's fine. Sends him to bed. Next day, Aunt Susie dies. Week later, the man again goes into his son's bedroom to wish him good night. He sees the kid having another nightmare. He wakes the son up. He goes, he goes, what happened? He goes, I dreamt that granddaddy died. Father's, nah. He goes, no, granddad's fine. He can just go back to sleep. It'll be all right. Next day, granddaddy dies. Week later, a couple weeks later, the man goes into his son's room, wish him a good night. So he sees the kid tossing, having a real bad nightmare. Wakes him up. He goes, this time he goes, he dreamt that you died. Dad died. And the father says, no, no, I'm I'm in good shape. And he sends him, tells him to go back to sleep. Man goes to bed, but he can't sleep. He keeps thinking about 
what's been happening. He's a little terrified. Next day, man's scared for his life. He's sure something's going to happen. So after dressing, he drives real cautious to work, fearful of a collision. He doesn't eat lunch because he's scared of good food poisoning or something. He's avoiding everybody. He's sure somehow he's going to get killed. He jumps at every noise, start, starts at every movement. At one time, he jumped under his desk. Time walking in, for, in the door or coming home, he finds his wife. He goes, good God, dear. He goes, I've had the worst day of my entire life. She goes, you think you had a bad day? The UPS guy dropped dead on our doorstep this morning. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, send me some jokes, please. Please send them jokes. If so now it is time for the Mortgage Miles segment. With the Ann Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is, can a user use the equity in their home to buy another one? Can a user use? A, can a, oh, oh, can a homeowner use what? the equity in we their home it. to buy another one? I got it. Ah, that was a great intro, too. It was a great <laughs> intro. I love the clapping. So the topic is, can you use equity in your house to buy another one? Yes. So... We've been promoting that right now, this winter is going to be rough, right? They're projecting all these storms and it's going to be cold. So now's the perfect time to get that second home and get to Florida, get to the Carolinas, get somewhere where it's going to be warm. And with my team, we can still get you on the beach or in the warm area within 30 days. There you go. You could spend New Year's Eve on the beach. It was 21 degrees the other day. Oh, God. That was Sunday, I think, right? Last Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So you may be thinking that now's a great time to buy a second home or even an investment property. So a lot of the question comes up that not having enough money for a down payment on a new home, it's often one of the biggest struggles that homeowners face. So many people don't want to tap into their 401k um, or even their cash right now. And you may be wondering if it's possible to tap into the equity that you ho have in your existing house. And it's a great opportunity because what happens to all the values of the homes in the last two years? Yeah, have plus a ton of equity. trillions of dollars in equity yeah. across the country. Yeah, for some homeowners, you may be able to leverage the equity that you have built up in your existing home to buy another property. So there's a few options for using your equity in, in your house. And you always wanna consult your account to make sure that there's no tax implications. So let's look at some of the options you may have to tap into the equity of your existing home. Number one is you could refinance your existing property. So right. that means that you're going to refinance your existing home with what's called a cash out refinance. So they're paying off the first loan, you're taking out cash, and now you have a, uh, a, new, a new mortgage. Right. So this cash can be used to remodel your home, pay off bills, or even put your kids through college. But this money can also be used as a down payment on another property. There's often some seasoning requirements on your down payment funds when you buy a new home. So you want to check with me um, to make sure what the requirements are. But refinancing your existing property may allow you to tap into your equity and use it as a down payment for another home. The interest rates on the primary residence are usually lower than those on investment properties. So again, we want to, we want to evaluate your situation. We want to make sure that it's going to be a win-win for you. You can also take out a second mortgage. So another way 
to tap into the equity in your existing houses to take out a second mortgage. There's many second mortgage options that are available, such as a home equity line of credit or other known as a HELOC. So it works like a line of credit against your home, but you don't have to draw all the funds out with a HELOC. Um, The home loan funds, when they're needed, they sit in your account. And when you're ready to use them, you can just pull them out. Right. That's how I used to do flips all the time. Yep. So there are seasoning requirements for down payment. So again, we want to plan ahead and make sure that we know what the specific requirements are. Understanding the downside. So when you use your existing home equity to finance a second home, you stand to lose your primary home if you fall behind on the payments. So you want to make sure that you're not getting mortgage poor by refinancing that's your primary residence. Um, The equity lines of credit, they have variable interest rates, which means your payments could change over a period of time. So some some home equity loans, they tend to have shorter terms than your regular standard mortgages. Again, you want to meet with someone like myself that's a consultant that can map out the best plan for you. All right. You want to have a plan. That's, that's exactly, people go into getting mortgages or second homes or, you know, we have zero financial literacy that is taught in America today. So knowing the right thing to do and knowing how to use those funds, no one knows. So when you call me, it's, I need a 30 year mortgage. I want to buy this house. No, there's a lot more planning that goes into it. How long are you planning on staying in the house? Are you going to Airbnb your second home? Are you going to use it as an investment property down the lo- down the road? And the so, other thing is, if somebody bought a house with you 10 years ago, they don't remember any of it. You're right. starting all over again. They don't right. remember nothing. And the process has changed as well. But again, it's you have to think of it as a consulting phase. You know, right. if you're going in and somebody calls and says, what's the interest rate? What is the interest rate on what? Are you looking for a second home, an investment? I'm not really sure, but just tell me what your interest rate is. So that's somebody that I'm probably not going to want to deal with. Yeah, that's a tire Because cap. it's exactly there's right. Because so, there's so much more to it than interest rates. Correct. You know, that's like when they somebody calls me up and says, how much is your classes? Well, I give them a number. I said, but, you know, read my reviews. There's more to it than the number than the price. Right. How many times do you want to take the class? Do you want to take it once or do you want to take it three times? Because now price doesn't matter. But no, I completely agree with you. So if you have any questions, even on your existing mortgage, feel free to give me a call at 609-605-7153. I gave your number to somebody this morning, actually. Good. Yes. All right. So we got to take a break. Where Where are we going? We are going to go into our question and answer segment. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we are up to our question and answers. So what's the first one? The first one is, I'm trying to sell my house. My agent listed it as is. Do I have to replace the roof first? They did list it below market. 
You know what? That as is is a mistake. Out it of drives the you nuts. It does. drives me nuts. <laughs> because, like, sometimes, like, this house might be in decent shape, and they might look at the roof and say, oh, the roof's 20 years old, but it might be fine. And so they say, I don't, we don't really want to do anything. And some agent says, well, we'll list it as is. And then, like, all the people that go on Zillow and all the sites, most millennial, 80 million of them, and they're looking for houses, they see that as is, and they're right out of the gate. What's wrong with this house? Right. And, in fact, it's really not that much was wrong with this house. So they listed it a little below value because it probably needs some updating, but you just list it. A lot of times people come in, and, and they're going to have ideas, and they're going to change it around anyway. So you, or maybe you they know. even want to put a, a solar roof on, which is big right now. I mean, solar panels. When you do solar panels, you get a free roof. Yeah. So we, we need a solar panel. I, I'm trying to get a solar guy to come on and explain on the show about that. But anyway, I, I think it's just a bad idea to do it as is. You're just, you're just eliminating buyers. Just show the damn right. house and let them make up their uh, opinions. What's the next one? The next question is, first-time buyer of a condo. And it has a peekaboo ocean view, which means you have to stick your head all the way out, crank it around to the left, and you might get a glimpse of the ocean. But they love it. The appraisal came in $10,000 under asking price. Do I fork out the extra five or 10? What should I do? Uh, that's a decision. You got money in the bank and afford to do it. I mean, we've been dealing with this issue for the last few years. People coming up with an extra 20 because they, they, they offered... They offered three fifty on a three hundred house, and the appraiser said he could get the twenty five, and somebody had to come up. You got a choice: come up with an extra twenty five, or the seller comes down. There's only two options. So unless you right. and you're if you're in love with this place, now here's how you can look at it: if it's a four hundred thousand dollar condo, and it's in a good area that's appraising at 15 percent a year, what's ten percent? You know what's Ten percent right. of four hundred grand, you're so you're you're going to make it up in a year, and you got to like that's the way you got to think. And and the realtor should negotiate. You know, go back to the seller, see if they're willing to split the baby. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. I would I would work out a deal there, but I would also bring up that thing about appreciation because a lot of people buyers don't think about that. You're buying this house and it's four hundred grand. And your neighborhoods, I remember one time I was appreciating it at 21% a year. A year. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. So It is crazy. So, like, you know, your 10 grand is no big deal. What's the and next the other one? thing, how much are you putting down? If they're putting 20% down, put 15% right. down. It's all right? problem solved. And then just mortgages so that money's not coming out of your pocket. Yeah. All right, question number three. I have excellent credit, but I was denied when I tried to pre-approve for a mortgage before due to my debt to income ratio? Should I try again? Well, this is a great question because it all depends on if it was the front ratio or the back ratio. If it's the front ratio, it's based on their income right. versus um, what the mortgage payment is. So if it's the front ratio, they're gonna have to find a house that has a little bit lower monthly payment. If it's the back ratio, then they can pay some debts off to qualify. So they should definitely try again. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Because it's a great time to buy. Why do you want to? It's a great time. You to don't buy. want to be renting. You know, I just can't get over to forty-eight percent in Philly. 
that rents. I, I just talked to another class about that. They just can't believe 48% of Philly rents. And it's going to, I bet you it's 50% next year. It's going to increase. It's definitely going to increase. But the rent's going to go up too. At least I, I see. The big, rents are up huge. Well, I mean, a one bedroom amounts. citywide in Philly, citywide, is eighteen hundred dollars now? Eight, I was going to say it went up a hundred dollars from exactly. last year. Next year it's going to be nineteen hundred bucks because all small businesses just got taxed fifteen percent. So landlords are small business people. Right. Who's paying that fifteen percent taxes? In the Inflation Reduction Act, me and my accountant were talking about how much more I'm going to be paying the IRS in fifteen percent more. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number four. That's the Inflation Act. Oh, and my turkey is expensive, and I plus I got taxed. <laughs> oh my God. All right, question number four. Right, right. If a buyer gives a seller a copy of their home inspection report, is the seller able to disclose the report to other later buyers if the original If the sale buyer does says yes, through? you know, technically this is the buyer's property. Like, as a listing agent, like I, I I got a listing coming up next week, which I'm going to list, right? Now, if they get a, they're going to probably get a home inspection. This house is in great shape, but they'll get a home inspection. You always should. Sure. So they get a home inspection. And a lot of agents want to send me the home inspection for whatever reason. They want to send it to me want, as well. I don't want it. Me neither. I don't want to see that. I said, if you're something you want, then just make a list, an addendum to the agreement of sale, and I'll talk to my client, and we'll see what we can do to work it out. I, I said, I do not want to see that seller's, that home inspection report, because once I know or this guy, and this is his opinion, I have to disclose. Actually, that's part of our, our topic today. Right. So, but technically, that's the buyer's property. Now, if the buyer says... To the seller, yeah, you can have it and do what you want with it, fine. But technically, no, that's that buyer paid for that probably about four or five hundred bucks, and uh, that is buyer's property. I I wouldn't I wouldn't accept an old home inspection report from from some other buyer for my client. If I had the buyer, we would want our own home inspection. Agreed. Yeah, because that last the last one could have been Joe Walt Joe with the giant twenty five ounce Wawa coffee that went crazy, all hyped up, and he wanted to prove that he was a great home inspector. It went nuts and scared the hell out of everybody. Uh. <laughs> anyway, all right. So there are some good different questions. All right, very good, Mark. So coming up next is going to be our topic of the day. Do all residential sellers have to fill out a seller disclosure? That was disclosure. That's right. All right. So with that, we listen to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we're up to our topic of the day, which is, do all residential sellers have to fill out a seller disclosure? 
And there's a bunch of myths about this one. This is like the old 20% down one. And and I want to talk about this a little bit. And and it's a good question. You know, broker, the broker or the agent can rebuke clients' comments by using what they sometimes call the index finger rule, asking the client if they actually point to the part of the law about seller's disclosures. Because, you know, some people like investors, they'll buy a, ha- they'll buy a house, they'll rehab it. And then when it comes to the seller's disclosure, they'll put a big X through it. Even though they just spent a month there <laughs> doing the plumbing, the heating, everything right. in this whole joint. And then they say they have no knowledge, you know. So that's like one of the problems with this thing. So, for example, there's no exceptions for sellers who use the property as a rental that never lived there. Landlords should have a fair amount of knowledge about the property based on things like maintenance history, move in and out inspections. Because every time somebody moves out, they're usually involved. There is no exception for sellers who are flipping a property. Someone rehabbing a property will likely discover a fair amount about the property during the process. Even someone reselling with minimal work will have some information from the seller's disclosure form that they should have received as part of their purchase. So there's no exception for mixed-use property. If there's a building with commercial space plus one to two, four residential apartments, the disclosure is required. It's required on all residential properties in Pennsylvania and Jersey and a few other states. Commercial, it isn't. Commercial is a different bulk animal, but there is no seller's disclosure. But in commercial, they do what's called due diligence. And you do, like, if you're buying a gas station, you maybe do a phase one. It's different. But And there's no exclusion for someone with, sell- with selling with a power of attorney. If the property owner is still available and competent, they'll luckily have to fill out the form. If not, you know, then it's a little more complicated and they didn't live there and they don't really have legitimate knowledge, then maybe you don't fill out a seller's disclosure. But there are two legitimate scenarios that that often come up. The first is estates. The seller's disclosure law says that the executor or the administrator of an estate does not have to fill out a seller's disclosure form because they didn't live at that house. They said that, though, there may still be a duty to disclose outside of the seller's disclosure law. Pennsylvania courts have routinely held that sellers must disclose known material defects to avoid deceit, fraud, or misrepresentation even when the seller disclosure law provides an exception. So if you know something about this property, you should disclose it, bottom line. Disclose, disclose, disclose. For example, let's say an executor of an estate is aware that the home regularly gets water in the basement because they know the people. Even though they're not required to fill out the seller disclosure form, they may still have a general responsibility to disclose that known defect to avoid a more general claim of fraud by a buyer who is caught unaware. The scenario can also snag brokers and agents because if somebody lawyers up, they sue everybody now. Since the sellers at Lurzer's law set, says that a licensees are potentially responsible for undisclosed defects that they are actually aware of in the code of exits with the realtors, they cannot conceal pertinent facts about a condition of a property. So if you're aware of something as an agent, you need to disclose, even if the seller doesn't want to do it. So if you're calling, if you're if you really need to know what's going on here, 
you're the best thing is to always disclose. The second common scenario is when the seller is aware of something about the property that isn't technically considered to be a material effect. The most obvious would be some sort of stigma. When we talk about stigmatized properties once in a while, such as deaths in the property, drug labs, whatever. These sort of non-physical suggested issues that are not subject to disclosure law. Houses being haunted, yet when they are exactly sort of the thing that could upset buyers enough to file a lawsuit. Every once in a while, you hear about one of them. You do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I like the convents on it, but it's not like we don't feel weird about it. it was nuns. <laughs> the flying nun. But we know there's one or two of them here. I, in my studio, there's one light I constantly am turning off. Anyway. Even when the disclosure is not required or our general test is to ask the listing agents to discuss with the sellers how they think a buyer might react to purchasing a property without knowing about this issue. So how would the seller react if somebody hid it from them? If there's a concern the buyers might be upset, it's often better to make a disclosure, even if it's not required, than to keep information to themselves and risk having to pay an attorney to justify the decision of the fact. This doesn't necessarily have to be done on the disclosure form itself. So if you're in that position, you can, you can like reach out and talk to somebody. Finally, always remember that real estate professionals, they have a relationship agreement. The listing agents are required to inform the sellers of their responsibility and to look out for the seller's best interest, which generally includes complying with the law. When a potential or existing client refuses to fill out the form, when you know it's required or refuse to disclose no material effects, then you should talk to your broker whether you know like about this situation with the seller. Yeah, it's important. So, and that was a great topic, Mark. Disclose, that, disclose, disclose. You're always better off being honest. Up, up front. Yep. It'll just come back to bite you in the end. So yep. coming up next is our business segment with Asking Dr. A. And our topic today is the continuing of understanding and improving emotional intelligence. Hey, Dr. Abelson, how are you? I'm doing marvelous, Mark. How are you guys? We are very good. We're great. Good. Well, we, we started talking about emotional intelligence, and I pointed out there are five different components of it, and we're going to talk about one of those components again today, all right? And we one we're going to talk about today deals with social awareness, which is somebody's ability to understand the emotional makeup of other people and how their words and actions affect themselves and other people. That sounds really complicated. It is a good one because it's it, it happens all the time. Like when people walk into a room and they kind of figure out what's what's the environment of the room or they kind of read the room. Same thing with an individual. You're trying to sell something to somebody and you're trying to read them, right? So what happens is the social awareness is the extent to which you can really pick up those cues and you're very good at picking up those cues. Some people are excellent at it and some people don't even have a clue, right? And, and That's right. And we know the and, difference. And I'll tell you what. That's why I, when I teach the disc and, and talk about you all, to all the students, it's really important because if you walk in a room and they're both got their arms crossed, you can kind of guess that they're S's or C's and then you can treat them the way they want to be treated because they're going to have a million questions. They will. And what happens with the social awareness is it doesn't look at what they look like. It looks at the emotional reaction to it and how people might be feeling. So if they're crossing their arms, sometimes they're either resistant or they're closed and they're, they're not open-minded or they're not open to what you're saying. So you can, you can read the nonverbals that way. 
But let's talk about, since we don't have a lot of time, let's talk about a couple of different techniques that you can use to demonstrate you are socially aware to other people, which will open them up. One of the easiest ways to do that is to ask questions. Another way is to be empathic. Now, empathy, there's a difference between being empathic and being sympathetic. Sympathetic is you tell somebody that you know how they're feeling because you've had a similar experience. Empathy is you re- when you reflect the feeling back and you demonstrate that you know how they're feeling. So, for example, there's so many people who go through divorces, which is unfortunate, but it's easy to use that as an example. So sympathy would be, oh, I know exactly how you're feeling. I got divorced myself a couple of years ago, right? That doesn't open people up. That doesn't demonstrate no. you have a social awareness. What you want to do is be empathetic. So you start asking questions. How are you feeling because of that? Or are you hurting or are you shocked or are, is, 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 are you very sad? Uh, sometimes they're actually relieved because they're the ones who are the one wanted to, to get the divorce. So the issue is, are you identifying the feelings that the other person is experiencing and are reflecting that back? And when you do that, it demonstrates your ability to understand where they are as a person, not where you are, but where they are. That's a good tip because I'm not Mr. Observant. So I usually go in and my trick is I say to people, what's the most important thing you want to talk about? And then I shut up and then I try and, and then great. I try to f- see how they respond. And then I get a feel for what they're like. Right. And if they don't know what to say, it might be because they're confused or are you feeling confused that you reflect it back. And that is your demonstration of awareness. So if you're interested in learning more, we actually have a certification program that we're starting uh, in, in December. So enroll now because you can learn how to use a lot of different techniques and you can actually get an assessment on yourself, which is really cool. All you have to do is contact us at www.ableson.net or email us at succeed at ableson.net and we'll get you enrolled. These are great tips because nobody knows how somebody's feeling. So anyway, we'll continue this doctor. Thank you, Dr. A. That was a great topic as usual. If you have any questions, you can email them to 8029 at comcast.net, or you can give them a call directly at 267-266-5501. You can email me at dnkatsaris at comcast.net, or give me a call at 609-605- 7153. A special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Relax. The new year's coming. I think 23 is going to be a banner year. And you tune in every week here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We hope to make you a faithful listener. And thanks to our sponsors, Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, but with us the whole road, all 14 years. So we're going into our 15th year. So Tune in every week. We are very grateful. Yeah, we are very grateful. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Kitsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All positive. All positive. All, all the, the time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of the past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. 
This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded.